0: and welcome to this year's Deaf History Convocation Virtual Edition. My name is Kaylee, and this is MJ, and we are both senior interpreting majors here. And so, um, just a little bit about what this convo is going to look like. You're gonna hear from a couple of members of the deaf community, and then you'll also hear from a couple of our faculty members here on campus, and then some students who are out on internship right now. So, please enjoy.
1: Hello, my name is Elsie Kouplichty and I am a senior sign language interpreting major and I'm currently on my internship in Chicago, Illinois. Going to Goshen and all through my years, I've watched the classes of seniors ahead of me go through the process of going on their internships all over the US. Um, For our internships, we're able to find agencies um, and if they accept us, then we are allowed to go to them. So in the past, people have gone to Hawaii, Alaska, Florida, Texas, really any state that you can find um, and or anywhere that uses ASL, you're allowed to apply for and encouraged to do so. Many people typically aren't in the state of Indiana for their internship. Um, this year, however, our options were very limited. So on my sheet, I filled out All the locations I was interested in. However, many of them said no um, because they, you know, adding another person onto a team right now is kind of a big thing to ask of people. I feel very grateful that I ended up being able to be here in Chicago. I've really loved the people that I'm working with. I have great mentors here. Um, I'm getting enough time of practice interpreting, which many of my peers aren't getting right now. Um, And so that's something that I want people to think about, too, and I'm sure people in other fields are struggling with this as well, but we want to think about how our training being limited this year is going to affect the communities that we serve in the future. Um, So specifically for ASL, it would be the deaf community. How is our learning now in this time where things aren't normal, so-called normal at least, Um, going to negatively impact the community in the future. Um, I think it's something that as interpreting students we really need to keep in mind so that we're prepared for when we might have um, a lack of knowledge in an area that wouldn't normally uh, be there if it was a normal year. And I keep hearing this normal thing also come up at my internship. Um, I'll go to a place and they'll say, well, normally we would do this, but this year it's like this. And so I'm learning all of these things and all these processes at a time where it's really not what they normally say it is. And so that's also something that I want to keep in mind for the future um, because I might have to learn new things while I'm also out on my own at a job instead of having the support of a mentor like I do now. Um, And so, yeah, those are just a few things that I wanted to talk about today. Thank you so much.
0: The deaf community has always endured challenges. It wasn't until the 1970s that ASL was recognized as a true language and that the deaf community actually had its own culture and subgroups. Some of these subgroups include the black deaf community, The Latino Deaf community, the Asian Deaf community, the Deaf-Blind community, the LGBTQ Deaf community, and lastly, the Deaf Plus or additional disability community. A lot of challenges that were present before are even more present now. One of these challenges is the challenge of masks. It's important to know that lip-reading has always been an issue for the Deaf community. Only about 30% of what is said by a hearing person to a Deaf person is actually understood. And so in scenarios where the deaf person is familiar with the speaker, they may be able to predict or understand a little bit more, but comprehension only goes up from 30 to about 60% in that scenario. And that's like missing almost every other word. So now you add mask to this situation and lip reading is virtually non-existent. You can't see any lips when someone has a mask on their face. So even with some of the solutions that people have come up with, when you've got one of those clear little slots in the front of your mask or a mask shield, you've got all of these issues due to glare, fog, and visibility access. So many people are still asking, can you read lips? And they don't even realize the irony of that. We can't see your lips.
2: Hello, my name is Damon Johnson. This is my sign name. COVID-19 has definitely negatively impacted my life at work and out socializing with friends. At work, I tend to pass people in the hall. I can stop and chat and we can have a good conversation. I can voice for myself and I can also read lips. So we can usually communicate okay, but with the masks, I feel like my communication access is limited. I can't really chat with my coworkers because I can't really understand what they're saying. I don't feel involved anymore. I feel disconnected. I'm a very sociable person. I love to chat, but I feel limited in my conversation now. I can use a screen to chat with people, but I'm on a screen all day, every day. My eyes get tired. I would love to be able to put it away and be able to talk to people in person, but we can't right now. I feel very disconnected. And it's the same for when I am out socializing with friends. On a screen, we can chat using FaceTime or Zoom, but I'm chatting with people who are in 2D. I'm signing in 3D. 3D and 2D don't really match. still feel very disengaged. Sometimes I'll drive over to McDonald's and order some food and park in the parking lot and a friend will come park beside me and we can roll down our windows and have a conversation but since it's been cold where I live we haven't really done that but it's gotten warmer so we can start doing that again and just have conversations in our respective cars but COVID-19 has definitely negatively impacted my social life. i felt very disconnected throughout. It's depressing. You'd think by now that everything would be accessible, right? Well, surprise, guess not. Apparently, deaf people can't order at the drive-thru. More and more situations are popping up where deaf people are experiencing refusal of services in the drive-thru. This worker is threatening to call the police if the deaf person doesn't get out of their car and go inside. The note says, Sorry, I'm gonna have to call the police. It's our policy. We can't accept orders at the window. You need to come inside. Like, I understand fast food, like, the pressures of working there are immense. And you're on a time crunch and all that stuff. But you're not an emergency room. Be accessible.
3: Hi everyone, my name is Marika, and I'm a senior in the Sign Language Interpreting Program. This last year has been kind of challenging for me because I haven't been able to interact with deaf people, interpreters, professors, or students in the way that I used to. Because of the pandemic, all social events with the deaf community have been cancelled, learning has moved moved to online or virtual platforms, and we couldn't visit agencies or VRS call centers. So, in a way, I feel like I'm entering the interpreting field at a slight disadvantage because of these lost opportunities, but I also don't want to complain too much because I am grateful for the opportunities that I've been given, and I still get to have an internship. I'm currently living in Seattle, and I'm an intern at the Hearing, Speech, and Deaf Center. These past two and a half months have been full of highs and lows for me, I feel incredibly lucky to be surrounded by so many wonderful mentors, deaf people, and interns who are working to make my internship as rich and meaningful as possible. I feel welcomed and and supported here, even though I am terrified of the future. (laughs) I graduate at the end of April, and I feel like I haven't gotten as much experience as I need, but I am grateful for what I've gotten to do. I've been able to do a lot of virtual observations and interpreting, but I've gotten very little in-person practice. I did recently get cleared to observe interpreters doing medical work in the hospitals, so I hope I'll be able to get some in person experience that way, but we'll see. I'm sure that one way or another I'll be able to get enough practice before Colleen sets me free and I enter the big wide world, but until then I'll just have to be patient. Anyway, that's all.
2: Okay, so I'm really frustrated right now because I'm trying to watch the presidential debate, but there's not an ASL interpreter. There's nothing. And it's live TV so closed caption subtitles don't work. They're really delayed and it's just not accessible. It's not equal access and it's not right. And it's really frustrating because I'm finally old enough to vote and I can't, <laughs> I can't even watch the debate and everyone in the deaf community can't watch and can't understand what's happening and it's not fair it's not right and we need to push for change and push for push for interpreters to be at all the debates and on like on the screen the whole
1: time
0: Another issue of accessibility for the deaf community is with closed captioning. And this has been an issue that's been around for a long time and we've made some progress, so I wanna share a little bit of that with you. So in 1958, it finally became a requirement for movies to close caption, but the TV industry and many others didn't follow along. So it wasn't until about 1980 that television started providing closed captions as an option for viewers and in 2010 there was even more improvements that happened but we're still at the stage where internet videos are not required to have closed captioning and so often there are closed captioning tools that are automated but they don't provide accurate captions all the time like there may be like gibberish words that are wrong or often the captions will be very behind and so you'll be watching the videos and the words won't match up so this has become even more of an issue during the pandemic Um, and this is due to lots of virtual events and virtual platforms being used such as zoom and so they don't really have the capability to be accurate unless someone is sitting there and typing the captions live. That's really the only way that that service would have accurate captioning. And um, in addition, social media platforms don't really include the ability to caption videos easily. And videos that do have that automated captioning feature, like I said, aren't always the most accurate. So because of this, some viral hashtags have been put out for some of the worst offenders. Um, and a deaf actress, um, Shaylee Mansfield, actually calls this out in a video that you're going to see in just a second. And she uses the hashtag, hashtag InstaCaptioning, to call attention to this. Now, please enjoy the next
2: few video clips. Okay, so I get that question a lot, and I don't get it. Because in other words, you're basically asking me to take away the only communication access that the deaf person has on this app. Because everybody else is not putting closed captions or signing on their videos. I mean, a few people do, a lot of respect to those who do, we appreciate it, but the majority of you guys aren't. Especially the big TikTok people you all like to watch we can't, and we go through that daily. And so that's already enough. And now you're asking a deaf person to take away other deaf people's access. Like, uh, no, you don't see me taking away your access by not adding closed captions or not speaking on my videos, which I do for all of my videos so you all have access to understanding me. So again, that's not gonna happen, Um, no.
0: us in our Deaf History Convocation Virtual Edition. If you would like to join us in our advocacy effort here at Goshen College or you'd just like some more information, you can reach out to any of the students, faculty, or staff in the ASL department and we'd be happy to give you some more information. Have a great day and thank you for joining us.